This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hello everyone, welcome to Tian Tehillim. I'm excited to delve into Parak Yudzayin chapter 17 where we see that David HaMelech just sinned. Chazal say it wasn't a sin that he did with Bacheva, but it was a, a shogeg, it was a mistake. And nevertheless, the king, when the king makes a big mistake, it, it impacts the klal, and his sin had ramifications, much more than just you and me. And so we're going to learn a lot about how David approaches his sin, and how he approaches Hashem, and he approaches his sense of worthiness, even with the sin um, that he committed. And so he comes to Hashem now and he says, Hashem, listen, I know I did this mistake. I know I made this big, you know, boo-boo, but please continue to protect me and continue to shower me with blessings um, and, and take care of me just like you've always done. And so, again, there's this powerful lesson here for us. Often we think that our deficits and our mistakes and our failures and our rejections somehow make us less than, somehow make us less worthy, less worthy of having money, less worthy of having friends around us, less worthy of being loved, less worthy of having a good shidduch. We see ourselves as less worthy as a result of our actions. But here, David shows us by example that although he understands the magnitude of his sin and he confesses it here, he still deems himself to be worthy of Hashem's intimate attention and even all of the shefa and brachos that Hashem gives us. And so as much as he repented, he did not see his sin as taking away from his core value as a human being and as taking away from all the good that he does in general. And that's something that all of us can learn tremendously from. And like I said, when a king does a mistake, when a king makes a big mistake, it's a huge deal. It affects people. It affects everyone. People learn from him. His mistake was a far, had far-reaching consequences. So Kalvachomer, if he could see himself and the, the big tzaddik that he was, and we know that Hashem judges tzaddikim, kechot hasara, like very stringently, and he was a, a tzaddik, and he was a king, and he made this very big mistake. Kavachomer, the mistakes that we make in our life, and we're lay people, right? We're not a king, and our mistakes are not as far-reaching, hopefully, as David HaMelech. And so we have to realize, Kavachomer, that we should make sure not to let our deficits, our chesronos, make us feel less than in any way. And so I want to focus this class on the idea of the of self-esteem. And I want to highlight two fundamental, two of the fundamental principles that make our self-esteem and give you ways of tapping into those principles. So the two principles we're going to be learning about today are number one, we're going to establish, and we've done this in the past, but I can't say it enough and I can't say it in enough ways and I can't say it with enough practical ways of tapping into it because it's so important. The first idea is the the basis of self-esteem before any other self-esteem ideas is the most important principle that we, each of us, are a soul, our essence, our core is our godly neshama that is 1000% tahorahi, it is pure, it is inherently precious, and it makes us 
each infinitely capable, infinitely valuable. And no matter what, no matter what happens on our exterior, no matter what we look like, no matter what we accomplish, no matter what we do, no matter who likes us or who doesn't like us, nothing matters. Nothing, nothing can take away from that core value that each of us has, which is priceless. Uh, and the second idea that is important for us to talk about here in self-esteem is the idea of growth. When we put in our efforts to become the best people we could be, we're, gonna, we're sending a very loud message to our subconscious about our value, right? We take care of things that are precious, that are important, that are worthy, that are worthy of respect. So when we put effort into our growth, we're increasing our own view of ourselves in our own eyes. And the success that we see as a result of the efforts that we put in further that as well. So we're going to talk about growth as also being a big factor in improving our self-esteem. But of course, before any of that, the first thing is the, the knowledge of our core worth. A lot of people don't know this. It's something that we need to keep with us as the foundation of on which we can build the growth and all the other things that will contribute to our self-esteem as well. So let's look at Parak Yodzayin, Pasuk Aleph. Tefillah David. David is putting in a tefillah. Shema Hashem Tzedek. Hakshiva Rinasi Hazina Tefillasi. Below Sifse Mirma. Okay? So here there's a few different ways of David asking Hashem to listen to him. Shema, listen to me. Um, he's saying, Shema Hashem Sadek, listen to me, see that I'm righteous. So even though he's going to be confessing very shortly for his sin that he did, he's still saying, I'm Sadek. He's still seeing himself as the overall picture. He's not getting sucked in to the mistake and, and, and letting it take him down. Hakshiva, he's saying, Hashem, don't just hear me, pay attention to me. Give me that extra attention, that extra listening, right? So we could already, from the get-go of this parak, right away, off the bat, we could see how he's maintaining his value and his worth. I'm worthy of Hashem listening to me, of him bending down, keviachal, and putting his ear next to me, and really giving me the attention. Ha'azina tfilasi, so three different ways of talking about you know, he's asking Hashem, please listen to me, hear me, give me attention. Below Sifse Mirma, he's saying, Am I, I'm going to speak honestly. I'm not going to speak with deceit. I'm going to be honest and upfront. So he's honest. He's upfront. He's saying his sin. He's confessing it. He'll be doing that in the next um, few psukim. He's going to say it. He's going to be real. And he's being, he's saying, I'm being tzedek. I'm being Below Sifse Mirma, I'm being honest. I'm being upfront. I'm I'm saying it like it is. And at the same time, I know I'm worthy of the Shema Hashem, Hakshiva Rinasi Ha'azinat Filasi. So I want to offer a tool here already, right from the start. Um, like I said, the most important fundamental uh, idea in self-esteem is this knowledge that my core value is untouchable. And I may make mistakes but nevertheless, I am valuable. Nevertheless, I have infinite capabilities. And that's the tool that I want to teach you. It's the nevertheless tool. When we speak about things that we are lacking in life, things that we don't have, things that we do wrong, right? It's, it's, we see from David here, let's be honest about it, right? We don't need to say, a person doesn't need to say, uh, you know, 
the person who's always late, they don't need to lie to themselves. It doesn't work to say, I'm always on time, and that's how I'm going to increase my self-esteem, by being in denial. We don't need to deny the truth, right? The truth is what it is. If a person's always late, then they're always late. But they can use the word nevertheless to help them to realize that that part of them is just one piece of them. It's one part. It doesn't define them at all. So the word nevertheless is a word that we could start introducing into the into our sentences when we describe ourselves in our heads. So for example, let's say you made a mistake, you said something, right? We all sometimes say the wrong thing. We hurt people's feelings by accident. We're not perfect. So you could say to yourself, like, listen, let's say you're sitting with that pain that you, you know you made someone feel bad. You don't have to deny it and say, nah, I didn't do anything. Eh, it's fine. Don't worry. Right? You could say, I, I may have really hurt this person's feelings. Nevertheless, I am a kind person and I always try to do the right thing. I always try my best to treat people with respect. Or let's go back to the example of being late. I'm often late. Nevertheless, I am a productive and valuable person who contributes tremendously to my family and to society, right? Put in that nevertheless there to separate that one flaw that you have from the rest of you as a valuable human being. I'm a few pounds overweight. Nevertheless, I am an attractive person. I am a worthy person. So yeah, it's it's, it's good to say the truth. Don't deny it, right? David saying below sif say mirma. Don't don't try to you know change the facts. And he's saying I'm not changing the facts. I'm saying things for what it is. At the same time, nevertheless. I am worthy of Hashem listening to my tefillah and giving me special attention and protection. Pasuk Beis, Milfanecha Mishpati My judgment should come before you, Hashem. So he's saying here, David is saying, listen, you know, I need extra rachamim right now, right? I, I didn't do the best thing. I didn't do something that I'm proud of. I know it was wrong. And I need my judgment to go straight up to Hashem. Just to give you an example. Let's say... Um, you know, you forgot to pay your credit card bill on time, or you wanted to return something and you forgot to do it, or you got busy and then you realized when it was already two days past the the due date of when you were supposed to be returning it by. So you call up the company and you call up and you say, you know, hello, I, I know that I'm two days late. Could you extend a courtesy to me, please? I always pay my bills on time. This week, this and this happened, whatever it is. And the person, let's say the person says, I'm sorry, ma'am, but, you know, our policy is da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, so if you're like me, and I'm not like the biggest pest in the world, so I'm not going to go crazy, but I'll say like, is it possible to speak to the manager? Why do I want to speak to the manager? I want to speak to the manager because this guy is just, he's just like one of the low level employees. He doesn't have the authority to grant me an exception. He doesn't have the authority to, to be nice or to bend the rules. But the manager very often is given that authority. He's given that, you know, that's under his jurisdiction. So I, I'll say, can I speak to the manager? And very often the manager will be able to do something for me. So it's kind of a similar idea here, Kiviachal, where David is saying, Hashem, I don't want to go to the Sanhedrin where the members of the, you know, of the court over there, they can't really accept bribery. They can't bend the rules. They have to be straight. They have to do what exactly what they're supposed to do. But you, Hashem, you have rachamim. You have the authority and the capability to change the judgment for me, to see my repentance, to see my good deeds, to see my prayer, and to, and to be, go easy on me. So that's what he's saying here. 
So here he's starting with his vidoy. He's starting with admitting what he did wrong. He's saying, you tested my heart. You came at night. You brought me Batsheva in front of me, right? You, you, you tested me. Um, but you did not find me, you didn't find what you wanted in me. You didn't find me to be perfectly flawless and perfect. You found that I wasn't able to stand up to the test. He's saying, and because of that, because I didn't stand up to the test, he's, he's making now a Kabbalah on the Asid, right? He, he expresses his vidoy, he says what he did. He expresses now here also his regret and his Kabbalah for the future. He's saying, I'm never going to say that again. What's he never going to say again? He's saying that, you know, when Hashem, Hashem tells us, we say, we say in our davening, Elokei Avram, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. David said to Hashem, what about Elokei David? And what did Hashem say back? Hashem said, David, you know, you didn't pass the same tests. The, the Avos passed major tests. And so David said to Hashem, B'chaneni Hashem v'naseni. Please test me so that I could also have that special kesher with you. And what happened was, like we know, he did not pass the test. So here he's making a Kabbalah for the future. He regrets that he ever asked Hashem to test him. He regrets what happened. And he said, I'm never, ever going to ask for a test again. And we're not supposed to ask for a test. That's what we learned from David. And he's saying, I'm never going to do it again. Pasuk Dalet. The end of Pasuk Dalet says, Ani shamarti archos paretz. Meaning... And this can mean two different things. A paretz is like the opposite of a tzaddik. It's a person who breaches boundaries, who does the wrong thing. So he's saying, I guarded the ways of the paretz. And the Mepharshim differ on what this means. And it actually is, it has actually two completely differing explanations. One idea is that it's, that it, one meaning here is that he's, that he's trying to say, I did the wrong thing. It's a continuation of his repentance, of his vidoy, of his saying what he did. And he's saying, it's his confession. I, I went in the wrong way. I watched the ways of the pirates. I copied the ways of the person who's going in the wrong direction. Another explanation that the Mepharshim offer here is that it means the exact opposite. Anishamarti, I guarded myself from going in the path of the pirates, from going in the wrong way. So how can it be that the same exact phrase can have two completely different explanations? And I think this really... Um, this really sums up and really describes well the way a person is. People are fallible. And that one person, one human, can commit sins, and at the same time, that same, that very same person is doing everything that he can to stay away from sinning. And that's how we human beings are, and that's the message that I take when I look at this, the fact that, Mepharshim are so split on the meaning of these words and how the same words can have two completely different opposite meanings on the opposite ends of the spectrum. And that's the way we, we are also. Humans are complex and we're fallible and we stray and at the same time we try not to stray. Pasuk says, Tamoch Ashurai Bamaglosacha, support my steps on your path. So with this Pasuk, we're actually going to learn the second idea that we spoke about in self-esteem is the idea of growth. Growth builds self-esteem. Growth brings us a feeling of worthiness and success, which connects us with our core perfection, with our neshama that is perfect, and really allows us to live through seeing ourselves through the lens of our neshama. So let's look at these words. Tamoch ashurai b'maglosecha. Ashurai means 
can mean steps, like footsteps, but it also can mean delight, pleasure. Um, so what is it trying to say here? The message here is, Hashem, support my footsteps in your path could also mean support my pleasure in your path. In other words, make my path towards my avodas Hashem pleasurable and joyful. Help me to infuse it with joy. Why? Because the most powerful driving force in humans, the most powerful motivator for us, I mean, let's get real, is pleasure. Pleasure is what drives us to action. We can do something that's not enjoyable and that's not easy, but not for extended periods of time. If Torah and mitzvot are drudgery, then then it's not going to last. It's not sustainable. And the thing is that we get confused and I feel like we mix up principles in Yiddishkeit because we know there's an idea called Lefum Tzara Agra, according to how much hardship it is to do a mitzvah, according to how much struggle I'm going to need to be able to conquer my Yitzhahara, that's how much schar I'm going to be getting. So I feel like we take that concept, right? And we say, okay, so then, you know what? I should make my mitzvahs harder to do because then I'll get more schar. I should live in a, in a, in a way where I'm really suffering, where I'm making my life difficult because I'm going to get more schar. But really, that, that's not what the words are saying. That's like a, a misconstrued misinterpretation of the words. Because w- what it's saying is when something presents itself to me that's difficult and we all have challenges and struggles in our life and I really have to use a lot of self-discipline and willpower to overcome it, I get more schar because I'm putting in more effort. That doesn't mean that I should infuse difficulty into my own life, right? It's like we said here, don't ask Hashem to test you. David asked for tests. We're not supposed to create the tests in our life. We're supposed to overcome the tests. And in the process of overcoming our challenges in life, in the process of going down our maglosecha, down our path of our avodas Hashem, we're supposed to actually try to fill it with ashurai, with pleasure and joy and the things that we love, because that's going to help us to really be able to sustain our Yiddishkeit. We can't, it's not sustainable. It's like going on a diet that's, that's, that has, you know, no carbs. It's just, it's never gonna, it's, it can't, it, even for the most amazing dieters out there, it just can't last. It's not sustainable because it just sucks the joy out of life. It just takes everything away from us. And that's not the way to our Avodah Hashem. When it comes to ourself, the way we're setting up our path, towards our Avodah Hashem, we have to put in as much pleasure and joy as possible so that we can actually be able to do it and be able to sustain it. And so that when that big challenge does come our way, we're actually able to go against our Yitzhahara and we're able to fight because we're strong and we're fed and we're satisfied and we're happy. And so we have to realize the difference here, right? The Fumtara Agra doesn't mean I'm supposed to be testing myself and making things hard for myself. I'm supposed to make my steps, my footsteps full of towards my path, full of joy and make them better and and build it up with as much goodness as possible so that when I get to the challenge that Hashem sends me, I'm able to handle it better. So let's give some examples here. How can I make my Yiddishkeit, my daily practices of Avodah Hashem easier and more full of the pleasure that we're supposed to be infusing into them? So first of all, one idea that I want to bring here is that we tend to look for the things that we don't do right and we focus in on it and we zone in on it and we swim in it and we feel guilty about it and we feel full of shame. 
I'm proposing that we start to look out for all the things that we do right, right? This is a big, you know, part of self-esteem also, finding the things that we do right instead of constantly focusing on what we're doing wrong. So at the end of every day, um, and I saw this in a book and I actually did it a few times, it was so powerful. Go over to the mirror before you get into bed at night. Look deep into your eyes and talk to yourself in second person and talk to yourself and say, Shira, Devora, look what you did today. Look what you accomplished. You got the kids off to school. You smiled at your husband. You gave him a compliment. You did your exercise. You kept the house clean. You did your job amazingly. You gave somebody, uh, you know, you shared something that you had with someone. Talk about all the amazing things that you did that day. And really start from the morning and go all the way through your day and talk to yourself about it. Because that's going to really help you to see yourself in the light that you're supposed to be, see be seeing yourself. And that's going to help make your whole, everything that you do during the course of the day so much more pleasurable. Because if I'm focusing on the good and I'm praising myself for it, then I'm associating pleasure with all the good things that I'm doing. As opposed to looking at the negative and constantly bashing myself about that. And then the whole way that I'm viewing everything that I'm doing is with a much more negative outlook. And it's much harder to do those good things that are hard. So praising yourself for all those good things that you're doing that take a lot of effort is really important and it's part of this idea. It's part of the idea of self-esteem. It's how I lift my self-esteem and it's how I make it easier for, for myself to grow, which also lifts my self-esteem. Okay, so another idea, another example of this, um, of making my frumkai, the things that I'm doing good in my life in general, making those things easier to do, making them sustainable. Another example would be parenting, let's say. It's hard. The kids don't have school now. They're off. We don't want to overextend ourselves to the point where it becomes too difficult, right? You want to make sure that you arrange your day in advance to be enjoyable for you. Include a lot of breaks for yourself. Get play dates to come play with your kids so that you could relax and you don't have to constantly be the one entertaining them. Figure out how to put yourself, take your kids with you on activities that you enjoy, right? Don't make it all about them and then get resentful about it. Another example is davening. A lot of people have a hard time. Davening requires a lot of patience. And, you know, you kind of have to, like, shut everything down and just get quiet. It's not easy, especially in this day and age. So a nice way to make it better for yourself, let's say for example, would be to go daven by the water if you have a body of water near your house or even in the backyard where the birds are chirping. Get yourself a comfortable chair to sit and enjoy nature while you daven. Figure out, maybe sing halal on the phone with a friend. Figure out a way to make davening more enjoyable for you. So this is what I wanted to say in this Pasuk Tamoch Asherai B'maglo Secha. Hashem, help us support our our joy, our desire, our pleasure in on your path. Support our ability to be able to make our avodas Hashem pleasurable, to make all the things on the path enjoyable for us to actually do. So think of something that you're struggling with, something that's hard for you. It could be it could be anything in your life that you want to do right, and figure out how can I do this in a way that would be more pleasant and more enjoyable for me. Okay, so we're on to Pesach Ches. Just to recap, so far David confessed his sin. He confessed what he did and how he felt, you know, bad about it and how he's not going to do it again. And he also is asking Hashem to please 
support him on his path towards doing the right thing. He's looking towards the future. He's not staying stuck in his sin, but he's saying, Hashem, please help me so that I should see more successes and less failure on my path. Uh, and now Pasuk Ches is, he's asking Hashem for protection. Shamreini ki'ishon basai, and he's saying, Hashem, watch over me like, like a pupil of an eye. What's a pupil of an eye got to do with anything here? So if you think about it, when you think about the eye, the eye is a very highly buffered and protected part of our body. It's, first of all, it's bathed and nurtured in a medicinal type of fluid that's constantly present in our eyes. We constantly have fluid in our eye to protect it. And every time we blink, our eye gets washed and bathed and nurtured in that fluid. Anytime something threatens our eye, it quickly closes instinctively without us even having to think about it or having to do anything about it. We have the eyelids, we have the eyelashes, our eyes are protected. And so that's how we want to feel protected to that extent, with that amount of protection, is how we want to feel protected in our life. Pasuk Yodalid, as we, you know, as David ends off his tefillah here, he, not only did he ask to be protected from his enemies, which he did a lot of, we skipped some of the psukim, but here he's actually asking for some special treatment. He's asking for some really good stuff. Now I want you to imagine for a minute that your child does something wrong and they get you really angry, they do something really damaging, and you send them to their room, or you take a break from them, and you get angry, and five minutes later, the child comes and says, Mommy, you know, this this new Lego, and all my friends have it, could you quick go on Amazon, could you get me that Lego set that I want, and it's like this expensive Lego, and you're like, no way, right? You feel like blowing up at the kid, go back, go away, like, I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't wanna do something I'm gonna regret, but like, how on earth could you ask for such a thing? And the interesting thing here, though, is that David is showing us that Hashem is not a basar v'dam. He's just not. And Hashem has a different way of relating to us. As humans, we get really angry about something like that. But Hashem has the ability, Hashem, like we said, is the manager. He has the ability to see past the past 10 minutes and to see us each as a whole package. He can take into account the totality of who we are. He can take into account the hidden um, intentions, the underlying intentions that a normal human being wouldn't necessarily see. And he can make exceptions and he can stretch past the rules and he can be kind and he could do things in our favor even when it doesn't seem that we deserve it. And that's an important message that I gleaned from this Pasuk where David asks Hashem, Sim Yadcha, he's the, the Pasuk is basically saying, I want to die, Hashem, from your hand, from old age. I don't want any of my enemies to be able to kill me. I don't want the end of me to be through the hands of the enemy. I want it to be through your hands and I want to live a long life. And he's saying I want Yisbu Vanim, I want my children to have everything that they need. I want to be able to support them and give them any everything. And they should be able to then give those extra things that they leave over to their children, their children. My grandchildren should even inherit from me. And so he's asking for Shefa here. He's asking for abundance. He's asking for kindness. And, you know, so it's just, it's it's interesting to see, right? He's not just saying, Hashem, give me what I need. Give me just basic protection. He's asking for above and beyond that he should have an abundance of blessings in his life. And 
we should recognize, and this is, a, this is really an important lesson because it's actually another reason to add about why we should not allow our downfalls to make us feel less worthy. Number one, we said, was that our core is one million percent pure and we are precious just by being who we are, just by being here. And we have to know that nothing can take away from that. And number two, we said that the growth and the effort that we put into our life helps us connect even more with our self-esteem. And here I'm actually adding in another thing where David is showing us that another reason to have self-esteem is because we have to realize the way Hashem is viewing us. He sees the good in us and he tries to highlight that and to notice that. And so therefore, the lesson that we take from that is that that's also how we should be seeing ourselves. Our Father in Heaven is not being exacting, is not nitpicking on us. And so we could feel good about ourselves even though we make mistakes because that's the way he created us. He created us to make mistakes. He created all of us with our chesronos together. And the last Pasuk says, Again, he's expressing his trust in himself that his sin is just one part of what he did, but it doesn't take him over as a person. And he's saying, when I come up to Shamayim after I die, I'm going to greet your face. I'm going to see your face with 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 for coming from a place of righteousness. I'm going to be righteous. I'm going to be tzedek. And because of my righteousness, when I awaken, it's so interesting because it's talking about death and the afterlife here as, as an awakening. We look at it as that's when a person goes to sleep. But the real truth, the spiritual truth is that's when a person wakes up. It's interesting, right? We talk about death as such a tragedy and the way we view it, it is such a tragedy, but it's nice to see in a spiritual sense, it's really behakit. That's when a person wakes up when they come to Shemayim. So it's saying here, he's saying that when I come to Shemayim, I'm going to espa'ah temunasecha, I'm going to be feeling satiated by seeing the full picture. Temunasecha, your full picture of how you ran the world and how you treated me and all the things and all the parts of my life that were difficult, it's all going to come together and I'm going to feel satisfied and I'm going to realize that it was all for my best when I come to Shemayim. Okay, so just to summarize the parak here, David sinned. He asked Hashem, you know, I know I sinned, but please, anyways, be there to protect me and help me live a, a beautiful life where I'm able to support my children and they could support their children and I could only die of natural causes. And the lesson that we spoke about through, what we learned about through all this was the idea that our deficits and our flaws and our mistakes do not detract at all from who we are. And this is such an important message for us because we tend to punish ourselves and we tend to see ourselves as unworthy and it's not true. And if David HaMelech, whose actions had such major negative consequences, you know, if he could still hold himself up and look at Hashem and say, pay attention to me, listen to me, help me, give me good, then we could do the same and we could view ourselves in, in that positive light as well as worthy individuals, no matter what. And the two things that we said about self-esteem, we said, number one, let's use the word nevertheless to highlight that core value that we each have. Yes, I did this specific action or I made that mistake. Nevertheless, I am worthy never, and nevertheless, I'm valuable. And that's an important word to put into our minds, to put into our scripts of how we talk to ourselves. 
uh, and it reframes the whole way we're viewing ourselves next to our mistake. The second thing that we spoke about was the growth. And we said that the way to get to growth, the way to really sustain our growth in our service of God is to put joy into it. Tamoch ashurai b'maglosecha. Put pleasure and joy into everything that you're doing, into all the good things that you're doing, because that's going to help propel and motivate you to stay on track. And we also said to compliment yourself at the end of the day, look in the mirror, talk to yourself in second person, tell yourself all the good things that you did that day. That's going to teach you, even the next day when you wake up in the morning, it's going to teach you and train your mind to start noticing all the good things instead of the bad things, which makes your work in this world more pleasurable, which associates pleasure with the hard things that you're doing, which makes them easier to do. So that was another way of making sure that we're growing and that we're able to keep on growing. If you're enjoying these TN Tehillim classes, please share them with your friends and family, send them links to the videos, tell them where to go to listen so that we could all learn Tehillim in such a transcendent way and we can actually make ourselves and our lives greater in the process. Now, I also want to just say that I would love this topic of self-esteem is something I'm very passionate about because in my not so humble opinion, it is really the core of our life. It's really the deciding factor of what our life is going to turn out to be because your life is going to be as good as you feel worthy of it being. So if we're feeling like, oh, we're re really, we shouldn't be getting this or we shouldn't be getting that and we don't deserve it and we're not worthy of it, then that's what our life is going to look like. And I want us all to really enhance the quality of our living in every possible way, enhance our well-being so that we could be joyful and we could serve God with our Heart, full hearts. So I want to help us all work on self-esteem. If anybody's interested in a group, I would love to actually do a, a self-esteem group. If let's say you have a few friends and you would all love to do this together, um, or you just even yourself, you want to be part of a group where everybody's supporting each other and growing in how they feel about themselves, please contact me through my website, yalbertram.com. And in general, if you want help, guidance, support in taking your life to the next level, I am happy to work with you one-on-one -on -one as well. yalbertram.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.